And welcome back to Cresta in the Afternoon. I am Gary Machuda, sitting in for El Cresta, and we're preparing for Holy Week. You know, how to make Holy Week deeper and more holy for you and your families. And one fantastic way you can do that is through watching great movies. But there are so many different religious movies that focus on different areas of Jesus' life. How do you separate the ones that you should see and shouldn't see? Which ones uh, should be on the top of your list? Which ones should be lower? To help us uh, soar through that, we have a fellow who has seen an awful lot of movies. It is Stephen Graydanus, who is a member of New York Film Critics Circle. He's a permanent deacon in the Catholic Archdiocese of Newark and the founder of DecentFilms.com. He has degrees in media arts and religious studies. And he and his wife, Suzanne, and have seven children. And if you want to check out all the great stuff he does, just go to DecentFilms.com. And Stephen, welcome to Crest in the Afternoon. Carrie, it's good to talk to you. Yes, and I, I've been waiting to talk to you as well, because I think probably if anybody that I'm familiar with, you've probably seen more films than anyone I know. I guess that comes with uh, part of uh, the line of work you're in. Well, I... Um uh, I went to art school before I went to seminary, and I've always been interested in film. I did not expect to combine uh, film and religion in the way that my my work as a as a Catholic film critic is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel as if this is this is a path that God has uh, prepared me for, and it's something that I love doing. Awesome, yeah, and we're blessed that you chose that path too. So Holy Week's coming up. Um, like I said, there's an awful lot of films out there. Probably a lot of movies uh, people are familiar with maybe uh we could start there uh movies that are worth watching that people might already know yeah you know uh one of my favorite things as a film critic to do is to familiarize people with movies that they might not have heard of but we would be remiss if we didn't mention um some of the the biggest hitters uh titles that, that people think of um in connection with holy week i know many of our listeners have traditions of watching them um some of the most notable are franco zeffirelli's epic Jesus of Nazareth. I know that for my family, the first hour or so of that is must-see Christmas viewing, and the ending is is just a, a really uh, brilliant treatment of the events of Holy Week, of, of the last days in Jesus' mortal life. Uh, Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, of course, is must-see Good Friday viewing for many listeners. It's a, a cinematic way of the cross, a meditation on the events of of, uh, of Jesus' life, particularly in connection with the Triduum itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the greatest story ever told has something of a mixed reputation. It's kind of an uneven film, Max von Zidau as Jesus. Some people find him a little stiff and off-putting, but he certainly evokes the um, um, the, the kind of authority and and um, the divine quality of the Johannine. Uh, Jesus, in particular, director George Stevens, a devout Catholic. And um, uh, recently, a lot of people have become very enamored of the 2016 film Risen, which tells the story of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection from the point of view of a Roman centurion who first meets Jesus on the cross and then later uh, encounters him risen from the dead. Yeah, yeah, very good, yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, when my children were young, we used to always include films as a way to share the gospel, evangelize. And I, I guess probably one of those movies that people are familiar with, The Passion of Christ, you wouldn't want with young viewers, right? 
I, I think that's right, and I, I think some families have introduced children to the Passion of the Christ a little too young. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the violence and the amount of blood and gore is, is really extreme, and it definitely earns its R rating. Um, one interesting thing about The Passion of the Christ is that Gibson chose to film in the original languages, and so um, in, in Aramaic, in Greek, and in Latin, and, and so the dialogue is conveyed by subtitles. And uh, another genre of movie that does that is silent films. And silent films, like Cecil B. DeMille's uh, 1927, The King of Kings, the dialogue is conveyed in intertitles. So reading is part of that, too. And I find that although silent film is kind of parrot incognita for a lot of viewers today, it makes great viewing for children. Uh, you can watch a silent film with your whole family, if, if there are children who are too young, parents can read the dialogue aloud. You can talk about what's happening on the screen. You can explain things to your children and not worry about missing the dialogue. Um, and although a lot of people know DeMille uh, most of all for his um, The Ten Commandments starring Charlton Heston, The King of Kings, his 1927 film, is actually a much more authentically religious film. I think it's his best film and, and a really solid retelling of the gospel story. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, those are the, the good ones. How about ones that we should avoid? Is there any that you were off-putting to you? Um, you know, I'm, 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 we're, we're going to skip over the obviously uh, off-putting <laughs> ones, like right. um, uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. But I do want to mention a few pious movies that, I, that don't really do anything for me. Okay. Um, I am a fan of S.L.B. DeMille's The King of Kings, silent film, 1927, but there's a much better-known uh, 1961 film just called King of Kings, starring uh, Jeremy Huntry, sometimes called I Was a Teenage Jesus, because of mm-hmm. his kind of matinee idol looks, that for me, although it, it offers a lot of historical and kind of novelistic treatment of what's happening at the time of Jesus, the portrayal of Jesus himself is just not very inspiring or, or original. Um, he's, there's, there's very little sense of divinity about the character, and you know, he preaches a very bland gospel of love and brotherhood that even Jesus' enemies aren't impressed with. And I'm, I'm left watching it going, what, what am I supposed to be inspired by here? There are also a couple of Jesus movies adapted from the miniseries by, by the Lightworkers um, um, uh, production house of Roma Downey and, uh, and Mark Burnett. Son of God, about Jesus' life and ministry, and then Resurrection, the story of, of uh, Easter and beyond. I find these also, they just kind of tell the gospel story in a very familiar way. They don't offer anything new or insightful, anything to kind of challenge you as a viewer or, or open your eyes, cause you to think about the gospel story in a new way. And I, I kind of walk away from that feeling, what was the point of watching it? Yeah, yeah, good. So those are the ones we should probably push off and avoid. What are the ones that maybe we're not familiar with, but we really should check out? Well, I already mentioned Cecil B. DeMille's King of Kings, but another one, and, and I have to say, this is a movie that I watch every single year with my family. And every year I hear from people who have never seen it, who discovered it, who are just thrilled to death. It is my favorite Jesus movie of all time. The stop-motion animated film The Miracle Maker, which has an absolutely brilliant screenplay by Mary Watts. It is a film that is simple enough for young children, artful enough for um, art, art school and, and, and film school snobs like me, and also really rich and deep enough 
for biblical historians and theologians. It stars Rafe Fiennes as the voice of Jesus. Uh, Ian Holm is um, Pontius Pilate. And it's just, it's, it's really wonderful in the way that it takes the gospel story, and it tells it without embellishment, in a very straightforward way, but also in a way that is new and fresh. And it does that in part by telling the story through the eyes of a young child, a girl named Tamar, who is identified as the daughter of Jairus, whom Jesus raises from the dead. And she's also given a kind of expanded role in Jesus' ministry, where she sees him at various points. Um, her father turns out to be one of the two disciples on the Emmaus Road that Jesus uh, appears to after the resurrection. And so clever character conflations like that and, and really insightful stagings of Jesus' parables, many other things make the miracle maker uh, just not just a great, a great Jesus film for children and, and for the whole family, but, but for any viewer, must see uh, Triduum and Easter viewing, in my view. Awesome. Now, what year was this made? Um, 1999 is the year it was okay. made. It was screened in, in 2000 um, in the U.K., and um, it's, it's only 90 minutes long. The, the only real drawback of the film is, is there are so many great things in the Gospels that I wish they had gotten to. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. the feeding of the 5,000 is not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they do, it, to me, is just it's, it's beyond criticism. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. I'll add it to my list. I haven't seen it. Um, okay, so... Uh, how about films that are outside of the passion? Because you can only watch so many passion movies back to back. You know, the, the passion of Jesus resonates through so many stories throughout history. Uh, I think of the um, uh, the great film On the Waterfront, where the, a priest, a Catholic priest played by Carl Malden, is confronting mob corruption in the unions, and, and he, he yeah. talks about how all the bad things that happen, that's a crucifixion, that's a crucifixion, that's a crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And you can see that principle in many other movies. Another great silent classic, the movie that for me speaks more of Good Friday than any Jesus film, is The Passion of Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a silent film by Carl Dreyer, and it's about the last six months in the life of Joan of Arc. Uh, amazing score. It's available on DVD and Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection. Uh, really great film. Um, I think, for me, the film that sums up the essence of the Catholic faith, of what I believe better than any other movie, is of gods and men. It's, it's a fact-based yes. story about the martyrdom of Trappist monks in Algeria in the 1990s in the Algerian Civil War, and it's just such a beautiful, beautiful story of devotion to community, of life in community, liturgy, service to others, uh, brotherhood between Christians and non-Christians, um, and, and willingness to die for the things that you believe in, of gods and men. Um, another movie that I think warrants mention, although with important caveats, is the movie Calvary, which is the story of a, a good priest, Irish priest in a town that really doesn't have much use for him, doesn't, um, uh, he, he seems like he can't make anybody's life better, and there's one man in the town who wants to kill him. The content in the movie is very strong, very R-rated, very adult, but, but to me, uh, the character of the priest, played by Brendan Gleeson, is my favorite cinematic priest, bar none. Wow. And then finally, I want to mention a movie that Al, Al and I have talked about many times. Um, it's called The Hidden Life. Um, it is the story of the martyrdom of a 
uh, of an Austrian Catholic um, who uh, is is bound in conscience not to join the um, um, the, the Nazi army. He's he's thrown into prison, and it's 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 the story of a martyrdom that doesn't capture anybody's attention at the time, uh, but but came to public attention later on by Terence Malick, A Hidden Life, uh, and the, the life of Blessed Franz Jägerstrother, and um, just a tremendous, tremendous film. Wow. Well, hey, great suggestions. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on Crest in the afternoon. We appreciate it. Great to talk to you, Gary. Next time we talk, I want to hear what you thought of The Miracle Maker. Awesome. Yeah, will do. I'm Gary Machuda sitting in for El Cresta. We'll be right back.